A running gag. A running gag. A running like, gag. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's yeah. gonna be a joke like home slice, and then I'll just be like, peace out, slice homes. You know what I mean? And you, just mean it on it. Oh, okay. You're into some weird <laughs> sh man. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Over Inspected. Once again, the greatest speed cubing podcast in the world. I am your host, Michael Chai, Michael Chai Tea Latte. And with me today are my co-hosts. As usual, we got Manu. And hello, hello. we got Mr. Carey. Hello. Um, so I actually had a question for you guys because I had a very nice dinner and I had a very nice workout. Okay. So oh, I made nice. spam fried rice. Um, I used green bell peppers. Um, I cooked all them onions, sauteed, stir fried them up. You know what I'm saying? And uh, network now. Yeah, I'm curious. What you? I had salmon too. What do you guys eat, man? I feel uh, so well, accomplished. Have, like my my dad <laughs> makes this Korean dish called bulgogi, like the meat. And so I like that's what I had for for dinner. Um, but it's like the sauce over rice. It's really good. Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's that's what i had oh and then i also ate up like a cereal like the cereal box but like that doesn't count as dinner <laughs> that, it was like there's so little left that, that's, that's like, a pretty good dinner yeah yeah i i think it's a good dinner but it's like when when you have so little left in the cereal box you're like i'm doing my family a favor to eat exactly so that, like, yeah yeah, yeah. Safe space. see I, I thought the exact same thing because uh, we had a little bit of cheese left i'm like okay well i need to use this cheese so what did i do i made this like little tiny burger uh, it's just like a veggie patty to put the cheese at the bottom cut up some tomatoes uh and then that's it it's just the yeah just bun bun cheese patty tomato uh bun that's the secret that's the krabby patty <laughs> secret formula uh yeah <laughs> honestly not gonna lie not the greatest meal in the world oh, i mean it tasted great so like don't get me wrong but uh yeah it's like one of those classic college student meals i feel like i'm still not out of the college student meal days too easy to just like throw a patty in the microwave and it's just done yeah see i i totally respect like you know all that i don't really think I would even class well maybe I would classify as maybe like college day type food especially the cereal situation I mean I mean definitely just having a little bit of cereal left over but you know you gotta throw some quick food together I mean you have the right mentality like really really being frugal I'm trying to cut back and be frugal again just because um yeah 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 expensive these days yeah yeah it's yeah 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 I'm frugal yeah definitely definitely you know, the other thing I'm going to blame it on is I was actually editing the podcast before uh, before we started recording this one and then I need to make something fast. So I will blame it on that too. It's actually the podcast fault yeah. that I eat like trash. <laughs> no, no, no. We should we should um, we should credit the podcast for having you save money. Exactly, sure. exactly. It, yeah, exactly. We could use that money know, on the podcast. Good work ethic. You know, like um Anyone can eat, but not anyone could edit a podcast. So you're, you're like saving your time for where it really counts. I guess that's true. Yeah. And it didn't because like, I'm not going to edit the podcast at midnight. Right. But I can definitely eat stuff at midnight. I've done that before. I actually did that. I think a couple days ago. So yeah. Um, well, um, introductions aside, uh, we did have an actual topic that we wanted to discuss guys. Um, so for me, I was watching, um, Manu, you actually told me about the video, but the YouTuber Michelle Kare, right? Ah, oh, yeah, That's yeah. Her name. 
yeah. Michelle Carre, she had J-Perm as a part oh, of her show oh. and a part of yeah. her live stream, right? She did a live stream too. And, um, and then it just got us thinking all together, just um, how much cubing has grown just in general. And I was just gonna, you know, open up the discussion a little bit. Um, maybe we just start with um, who is the most memorable cuber um, in the social media sphere for you guys? Uh, Carrie, I mean, I don't know if you have anyone off the top of your head. Oh, I, I thought of a joke answer, like, off the top of my head. I'm probably going to say it, a name, and you're going to be like, who? Let's hear it, let's um, hear it. I don't know if I should even say it, though, because it's like, it's not correct, but it is correct in a certain sense. And it's Isaac Fry. Who's Isaac oh, Fry? I, I'm, who's Isaac Fry? I've never yeah, heard of him. exactly. See, that's what, see, the, like, the, what I was measuring it off of is, like, which speedcuber has had the biggest, like, impact on the internet? And like Isaac Fries is, is like a speedcuber who is part of this like gaming channel that has like three million subscribers, and it's called Venturian Tale. Hmm. But I don't, I don't think like anyone who has subscribed to his gaming channel knows that he's even a speedcuber. So I feel like even though the numbers are there, like no one thinks of him like, oh my gosh, that's Isaac Fry the speedcuber. I see. I see. Um, it's, it's like not like speedcubing first is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, okay, so that's why I preface that by saying like this isn't a real answer. But it's right. just an interesting like statistic. All right. Well, if we're going for not real answers, well, this is this is like a kind of a real answer. Carrie, you you'd be up in this conversation too, don't you think? Um, actually, maybe. literally, I don't, I don't literally, same horn. classification. No, like Manu's. I think Manu's right. Like the Why not? same classification. Isn't it the same? The thing is, you actually kind of, even I... run a channel that's like primarily speedcubing content. Actually, I think it's all speedcubing content, right? So. Oh yeah, I mean. I... I think it's kind of like funny because I have one channel, like you said, it is just for speed cubing stuff. But I think most of the subscribers on that channel are sort of bleed, not bleed over. That sounds like a like bad word, but it's like people who were subscribed to the bigger channels who sort of discovered like, oh, this is actually Carrie speed cubing. So I'm going to subscribe even though I'm not a speed cuber. Oh, so interesting. It's like, um, hmm. Well, I think it's important because Speedcubing is such a specific hobby that if someone is not into it, then like none of the videos I'll upload even make sense. Like if I make a video talking about PLL, mm. they'll be so confused. They'll be like, pretty little liars. Why is he talking about that? <laughs> well, that's a good point. I didn't even realize that PLL is pretty little liars. Yeah, huh. yeah. I, I think like if you oh. Google PLL, that's what shows up. Huh. Interesting. I never thought about that. Um, well... It's not my answer, but I have another type of maybe, I wouldn't say creator, but personality maybe that kind of falls in that same category. Um, there's this guy, cause when he used to stream on Twitch a whole lot, uh, I forgot his name actually, but Manu, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. It's this classic world Tetris guy. Tetris and then guy. He's like a really, really like oh. world-class Tetris player. I'm not sure if he's a champion um, or if he's, Is he's won the championship before, but I think he's Asian and then he cubes. He, uh, mm. and then I only figured that out because apparently he sometimes streams cube, but he's known mm. for something else. So I find that kind of hilarious. And then also, if you guys don't know, laser monkey is a huge Tetris guy. He's actually yeah. really good yeah. at it. <laughs> so, um, I just find that that's really interesting, but I actually yeah. think like these type of people who cube or like if these are the people that we're thinking of that would be maybe pro cubing growth you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like a good sign yeah yeah it's, i think it's cool that like people like still 
like you know we're in 2022 right um and people still associate like the rubik's cube with like intelligence or people just still think that it's like a cool thing to play around with and to do right i mean that's why like i think it wasn't that long ago that uh when one of our friends tiffany was on that wired interview right about uh oh. about the growth of speed cubing it was only like a couple yeah. of years ago carrie was were you the there video? for that I, I think it was called like why you can't solve a rubik's cube in under three seconds ah and why it's almost impossible yeah yeah we'll probably oh. link yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah you're right should we link that video down below it's a yeah yeah i'll, I'll editing yeah. menu will put it up here but um if you're a youtube well, yeah, listener you if you're a, yeah uh, oh yeah yeah but yeah yeah you're I, right i do remember a lot of speedcubers praised that video because most like videos about speedcubing from outside the community are pretty bad but that one is actually well informed and kudos to the wired team for that yeah uh, I don't know, Manu. I don't know if you want to go into it more, but I absolutely love that video. Like, yeah, I it was such a to talk about that more. It was so good because I think like yeah, like as Carrie said, they did like a great job, right? They got like people from the community, right? It's not like people who are like deeply like in the community. Like I think one of the people they interviewed was Tyson, uh, you know, the, the founder of the WCA, and they also interviewed Tiffany um, because she was the head of Berkeley Cube Club at the time, right? So. You know, it's not like you just got, got got like some random person at a cube competition who, you know, doesn't really have like the history or whatever, right? So, yeah, I think it was pretty cool that they interviewed this, that they chose the specific people to interview. And what's really cool is that like, I think the guy who like made, who was like in charge of that video or whatever, he actually made like another video where he like described the speed solving method. And then he also described like how like, I think like he was able to be like one minute or something. Um, just by practicing like a little bit yeah. every day. So it was cool to see like Wired not only like report on speed cubing, but also like kind of like, ent like not entertain, educate uh, other people about like, yeah, like it's, you know, it's not that hard. Like you, you too can do it. Here's like a quick, like 10 minute tutorial that you can, you watch a couple times and uh, yeah, you too can be solving the cube. Yeah, yeah. I think it, if it's the guy that I'm thinking of, I think that same person has also made other Wired videos about like, why it's impossible to do the like speed climbing in under five seconds yeah. and why yeah, it's impossible same guy. to like, run faster than like Usain the one, Bolt. The one and, I like, remember- he tries all of the hobbies he talks about. Yeah, the one I remember was hula hooping. I think it was like 32 <laughs> hula hoops or something. And I, I like yeah. I like saw that video and I'm like, what? Like this is like, like I didn't know that this, like people did this, right? I guess it's the same thing as speed cubing, right? People don't know that people are speed cubers, but it's like a thing, like it's like a Guinness world record event too. Um, and he's like, yeah, like there's, it goes into like all like these like complicated things about like, I think there was also, it has to do with like the manufacture of the hula hoops or something and like how they have oh, to be like a particular, I think they have like tolerances. I don't know. I could be just totally wrong. I'm sure in the same way that, you know, we have all these different brands of three by threes, like, oh, this is like a GAN 11M. The hula hoopers have different brands of like, oh, that hula hoop is made by, you know, hula incorporated so it's bad and that one's made by like hula gan so it's good <laughs> so yeah it's cool to see because the way that we see their community is probably the same way that outsiders will see our community mm -hmm. um yeah uh i wanted to go into a little bit you guys are both at the competitions where they were filming yeah or no i don't remember Maybe? i don't think i was well because well, like I, I i don't think i was I was hosting a couple of the competitions. I think there was one or two um, that 
Wired came to film on. Um, initially, like they were uh, talking with Tiffany, um, and then Tiffany brought it to our attention that like, hey, can we film, do some stuff? And then yeah, totally fine. I mean, Tiffany just gotta let us know because she's staffing, right? She's gonna you know be around. Maybe she's just not gonna do an official solve at a table, stuff like that. So she just gave us a heads up. And truthfully, when they were filming, like it just felt so boring <laughs> like boring. literally boring literally no 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 because like they were just filming like they were just doing solves it was just like any other person filming and then when i realized what the video turned into and then when uh -huh. i saw what it looked like all the editing all the script the writing it all came together and then it was so beautiful it's definitely i would say out of cubing videos i would probably consider cubing videos documentaries tutorials like all of that under the same category of content for cubing mm. it's probably a top two video for me maybe i'm a little biased too though maybe but yeah i, I mean i feel I, like i should go rewatch it just to like yeah i yeah, i really need to rewatch it because it's been to remind myself it's been a while i think it, it must have come out i think in like 2019 or something so it's been quite quite some time but yeah i think i agree with you i think uh like well i think this is kind of just true in like for things in general, right? For hobbies in general. I feel like the documentaries about hobbies are always like extremely interesting. Like they, they're the ones that get you started down the rabbit hole of, oh really? So like, you know, there's like these speed solving methods and you like start looking those up. Then you're like, oh, this is actually just the beginner's method. There, there's like a much more like deeper, like community behind all of this stuff. And then, you know, you start poking behind these things and you know, one after another, like the doors keep opening and it's further and further into Wonderland, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's only a finite amount of time, so it's like th there's probably hundreds of hobbies you could invest this much time into, um, but you, you sort of have to pick the ones that you're really gonna invest yourself in. Do you guys have a? F you don't need an answer for this per se because there's a whole lot of videos. But do you guys have a favorite keeping video, like just in general? Oh shoot, that's there's so many. There, there are way too many. I've watched so well, many cubic videos, right? So, well, I can give you my favorite, you know. And then... Wait, wait. Actually, I can, I can also. I, I have, I have one too. Yeah, go, go, go. Okay. Well, I don't know if this classifies under video, but I think the this is a, this is another documentary. I think the Speedcubers documentary was phenomenal. It, it was, it did such a great job of totally. like not only introducing speed cubing, right, but also like giving it like. Because in in that documentary, this is like not exactly a spoiler. It's a little bit about it's a it's about it's about Max and Felix and World Championships 2019. Uh, they did a bunch of filming and you know they did a lot of interviews and stuff. Um, and yeah, it like all leads up to like World World Championships 2019 and I think it was finals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure both of them were in finals. Um, but I think like the the way that they introduce speed cubing, right? And then the way that like they set up the stakes and continue to like like what is the word like examine no not examine follow they 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 like follow through like everything that's going on right up until the end and then there's like this like i think the ending is also like really really good and it leaves you off it's like a very wholesome ending it's like wow that was so good i don't know i feel like i'm just uttering nonsense at this point but yeah anyway no, i, I think speed cubing documentary was really really good it should be available on netflix please go give it a watch it is so so good yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I don't think I've seen it yet, so I, I, that's still on my to-watch list. But I think, oh, is that like surprising? <laughs> uh, that's no, like that's no, kind no, of surprising. But... I remember it was a big deal, like in the community at least when it came out. So, well, the, yeah. Just to defend you a little bit, the only reason why I don't think it's necessarily surprising is, 
I don't think everyone is watching Netflix. You know what I'm saying? I think Netflix is almost con it's you almost consider that you, everyone has access to Netflix through like a friend. Either they have their own account, but I mean, you know, there are many reasons to have not watched Spe the Speakers. So just to yeah. defend you, Carrie, go on. Yeah, go on. but not, none of those <laughs> none of those reasons are valid. Me. So. <laughs> I also do have Netflix, so oh, yeah, no. exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry, Carrie. Carrie, Carrie, Carrie this, is, this is the last episode for you. Uh, we're, oh, not gonna, we're gonna replace you. I tried to defend. I, I have you. to. It's I have over. To renounce my speedcuber status. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting you canceled. <laughs> oh well, whatever. Um, no, no, no. It, I'm not scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, what I was gonna say is that, like, I think what you were talking about about how they followed or like reconnected with the like competitors along the way that is important because a lot of times you can post a lot of results to your wca profile but and, and then the numbers on that page mean a lot to you because you remember like oh that 5.7 was a pll skip and then like that 8.1 was like a plus two and all that but to anyone else it's just a giant swath of numbers that doesn't mean anything and i think you need to have you know, like a documentary tell the story of, you know, the journey for those numbers to mean anything. Definitely. Um, and it, yeah, it's like the skill in there, like turning those numbers into a story is like, you know, storytelling and, you know, it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I think this like story thing is like very difficult to do. But I think once like, I think feel like humans are really good at like getting invested in stories like once you're invested you just want to like see it to its finish and like if there are like slight like deviations you're interested in all of them because all it could be in that like you know it could be just be a completely different path of the story so yeah I think that that's yeah. what the, like these documentaries do like a really really good job of and not just speed cubing I think uh, this is true for like many many other things as well um yeah I well agree. What I was going to say, just to kind of like compare and contrast a little bit, or like uh, how the videos are similar. Um, do you guys know the video Why We Cube from the Cubicle mm -hmm. um, YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, so I watched that one. And if you guys didn't know, uh, the videographer, or I don't know exactly like what he did in terms of his involvement with creating the, the documentaries, the videographer slash maybe co-producer, his name is Chris Olson. He has a YouTube channel, Sire the King. Uh, he's a speedkeeper. Like he started off as yeah. a speedkeeper and turned former into a world record holder. Yeah, former world record holder turned a freelance videographer. Probably doing so many big things at this point. Like I I'm sure, but um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it felt very similar. Obviously, like with why we cube and the speedkeepers. But if I had to think about why the speedkeepers was good and why why we cube was good, um, I really noticed how the only part of the story I was drawn to was the development of the characters. In, in these cases, they're real life people. So for the speed cubers, we can talk about a little bit more. Um, it was just basically just talking about two rivals, their stories, how they started, their inspirations, you know, and then just, you know, kind of them duking it out, but being, you know, awesome just the whole storytelling process. I'm trying to think of the best way to not spoil it, but honestly, at this point, if you haven't watched it, like Carrie, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. Just... I mean, it, it has been out a while, but yeah, I know. the I'm same reason, I actually really like YWQ, but I almost think I like YWQ more, um, but YWQ followed some cubers as well, and it 
the first person that had told a story was uh, Drew Bratz, mm-hmm. if you guys remember that. Uh, former Pyraminx world record holder. Yeah. I don't know how active he is right now, but yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, I know that like, well, I remember like he was really known for his loud reactions as well. So I'm sure um, that also helps tell a story. It's like, dude, you know, when wh- someone breaks the world record, you don't want to, I mean, like some people don't react very much, but if you want to have like a big spectacle, then a loud reaction helps. Yeah, I, that, I th- that is true. I think the uh, watching Drew Brads and watching Kevin Hayes, their reactions and their solving capabilities makes me feel like cubing is a sport. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, I love that my favorite reaction video to any sort of like win or record or anything. Um, I think Kevin Hayes had two separate occasions where he reacted the same exact way. Where I think he was on the last solve of six by six, he finishes it and he looks into the crowd and then he was like mouthing like I won, and then he just like goes crazy because he had no idea if he won or not. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, it was like that's that um, type of reaction is like so cool. Like yeah. I don't know, I'm so biased to my own hobby, right? I mean, keeping this little like little thing. It's not really a sport, but it makes me feel like it's a sport. Yeah. Yeah, another thing that I remember from YB Cube is like, I feel like a, one thing is like the speed cubers sort of feels like it's a little bit more, uh, let's say non speed cuber oriented. Whereas like YB Cube was more focused for the community. It was like an achievement of like the things that the cubing community has done. And I think that was really exemplified when, you know, because the way that Chris like picked like the people that he was going to follow, you know, the fact that Kit is like one of these people in there, right? Like that, that is like very cool story in and of itself. But it's something that really, I think only the speed cubing community would really understand. Whereas like the speed cubers is more focused on like, this is what it means to be like a speed cuber. This is what speed cubers do, right? As opposed to like, this is, this is what people got out of speed cubing, which is like more, I think for people who are in it. Um, yeah, I've like repeated myself three times, but I, I hope oh. I made my point. <laughs> well, I, I actually had sort of, um, because you mentioned Kit, I wanted to go um, into like the delegate sort of like uh, recognition a little bit, but I wanted to first kind of pivot a little bit and ask if you guys watched the Vox video. It was like way back when Colin Burns. Oh, was the yeah. Record. Oh, I definitely watched it, but I don't remember. <laughs> Well, see here, yeah. I have an opinion on it, Carrie. Did you want to say something first? Oh well, I know that that video was made by Joss Fong, and she's also made a lot of other videos about like topics like Magic Eye and like healthcare pills in the U.S. Like she covers like a wide variety of things. Um, yeah. Well, okay. First, I want to hear what you have to say about it because you brought it up. No, I was gonna say like the video was very well done. It was edited very well the writing, what they were talking about, it was all good. But it's not up there with one of my favorite videos because maybe I'm remembering how the video went incorrectly, but it didn't feel like anyone else in the Cuban community was really involved in this conversation hmm. except for Colin. Oh, it was just Colin. I, do, I do, do think- what, Am I remembering this correctly? I, I mean, it's been years since I've seen it, but I think Maybe it was because it was like six, seven years ago at this point, so um, it was hard to reach out to people, and and maybe just like, oh, Colin Burns like recently broke the world record, so we know to reach out to him. Um, But I think they actually filmed it 
like the interview at a competition so there, there's one clip where like a kid comes up to Colin and asks him like are you the world record holder oh but aside yeah. From that, yeah I yeah I don't think they went around and asked multiple figureheads of the Cuban community well that's that's because of that feeling that's what made me like the wired video so much because they took people from the community, not just the person that's like at the very top of the rankings. And I think that's really important because for me, I don't know how this would be done artistically. I am by no means someone who can create a documentary. I have no skills or capabilities to do that. I just want to set that clear. But it would be, for me, really gratifying if someone took the time and effort when they develop just like how the story between Max and Felix developed, I would love it if maybe they took it from an organizational standpoint and maybe they took it from a figurehead standpoint where they had a documentary about a very, very involved tenured delegate. Or maybe they had a documentary involved around maybe um, one of the, the older members of the community or the founding members of the community. Um, and it, I just think that that would be just more world building and just a whole different perspective because a lot of those things those people are inspirations to the people who are at the top of the rankings mm. like i i want to hear yeah. their stories too yeah yeah i feel like sports documentaries are sort of like this like you know there are always the documentaries about the the people who who, who are the goats or the greatest, right? But then I feel like in sports, there are like many, many documentaries. Like, I feel like a lot of the 30 for 30s are kind of like this, right? Where they like will delve into in, like a very particular uh, person and try and figure out, you know, exactly like what was going on. What was the entire story behind all this thing? Um, so yeah, I think like Cubing could also do something like that. But for that, I think Cubing would have to grow a lot more in the mainstream, right? It's, it seems very difficult to make a documentary about some, like a, like a niche section of an already niche hobby. Um, Whereas, you know, it's a lot easier for someone to understand, like, okay, like, you know, it's speed cubing, they want to go fast, these are the people who are fast, obviously, like, these are the people who are, like, involved in the community, as opposed to, like, because another example would be, like, if you think about Smash, right, um, instead of, like, in one sense, you'd be talking to, like, the best players, versus you'd be talking to, like, the TOs. And obviously, like, the TOs job is, like, incredibly important, right? They put on the entire event, there's a lot of logistics and stuff, arguably more so with cubing, uh, more so than cubing, right? Um, but you know, it's just like a factor of like who gets like the limelight more. And I think in when the Smash documentary came out, the, the first Smash documentary, I think they did a good job of like, I, it was a similar thing, right? They got like a lot of people from the community, both like top players, but then they also got a lot of, I think they also interviewed TOs and just like other like semi-random people, people who were just like involved, but not necessarily it's like top players. Um, and I think that's like, I think like the mix of the two is kind of what really helped the Smash documentary take off because I first got interested in Smash because I watched that documentary and I'm like, wow, this is like an amazing scene that's like behind like this like game that we used to play as kids, right? We would just like mess around, just just hit each other up for fun. We had no clue who half of the characters were. Um, but yeah, like seeing that documentary, I'm like, wow, there's like so much energy that's like goes into putting these things on and there's just so much passion in this that's like, th I gotta get involved in this. So. Yeah, I think Speedcubing could also use a documentary like that. That that would be really really cool. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I feel like it's a shame, but just inevitable that, like, if you just look at the view counts of any hobby, you know, the things that get the most views are like the world record singles, 
um, or like you know the the best of any sort of performance because that's really all the time a casual enthusiast will have time for. So like you know even though there's like so much like passion and and like drive for someone who's like becoming a delegate but maybe isn't that fast at solving, it's like. It's harder to sort of like sell their story, but if you can like get someone to start watching the documentary and then put their story in there, mm -hmm. then like they're already watching, so like that'll help them continue watching. Yeah, yeah. like they're already invested in like you know speed cubing as a, in general, right? Like they're they're more likely yeah. to like hear out this like slightly unheard of or the I don't want to say dark side, like this unknown side. The the sort of well, yeah, I don't know what the right word is, but it's sort of like the. The, fa the fast speed cubers are like the gateway mm -hmm. people. I was gonna, I don't know if I can say like the phrase, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. know what you're going I don't for. know, totally. I mean, like that's how, I, I, and, like that goes for anything that maybe can go viral, right? There needs to be something that's going to draw anyone regardless of whether or not they are actually invested, right? Like I'm biased, I'm invested. But to someone who's not biased and not invested, it's gonna take something like a single and then, I just loop back around. I don't know if you guys have checked those Monkey League videos. Have you guys seen those? The Monkey not, League not recaps recently. on YouTube? Yeah. Dude, they have millions of views. Well, I was going to say, like... Like, yeah, holy crap! Some of them have wow. millions of views. But what I think is interesting is, like, Leo Borromeo... I went to his YouTube channel, and I saw it had, like, 350,000 subscribers. And I was like, when did this happen? Whoa. I remember, like, last time I checked, it was, like, at 100k. But I, yeah. I think, I think it's like he's uploaded a lot of clips from Monkey League, but like only the exciting bits. So like maybe like a thirty-second clip where he does something crazy and then like has a really funny reaction. Like I remember this one where he like he puts on sunglasses after he gets four or something. <laughs> that, that's funny. See, and well, maybe that's why it's working. Well, that's the thing. Have you actually watched any of the live Monkey Monkey Leagues? Yeah, I remember there was one time when like there was a live Monkey League, but it was like earlier in the morning or something because of time zones. So I was like watching it in bed, like after I wake woken up. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I I think that it's more boring because you have to sit through the downtime. Yeah, uh, it depends on like which Monkey League you ended up watching, but near the end, well, as of this recording, uh, recording like mid February, um, as of this recording, um. The Monkey League most recent seasons were actually very, very polished um, in terms of the live stream and in terms of the oh, video. They were very actually, polished yeah. and done very well. And then what I really loved about Monkey League, uh, you know what? Shameless plug. You know, you know what I really loved about Monkey League? You can plug Manu. it. You know, you know what I Let's really loved about it? I loved the fact that the, the order in which they were solving... Ah like presented this like whole like new aspect of pressure so cuber one and cuber two right so if you're listening on audio just just follow me here i'll be really really clear so cuber one solves first right and then cuber one gets 10 seconds cuber two solves second with the knowledge that he has to be 10 seconds right so that is like pressure because you know the time that you have to beat so you could even consider like safetying a solve. You could consider like, well, I might as well try something crazy because I'm not going to beat that like type of solve. And then after that solve is done for cuber number two, cuber number two then alternates the order. And now cuber number two is going to solve first 
on that second solve. And now keyboard number one has the pressure of following up whatever time um, is done by keyboard two. So this was uh, unofficially dubbed by the Cubers Live team as the snake format. The, snakes, the snake solving the snake. format, man. Oh, yes. Because yeah, like, you guys did it. Well, did you do it first? Well, as yeah. far as we're aware, we did it first because when, I think so, this was during the Twisty Puzzle Cup era. Um, this was, I guess, like May 2020. When we were designing yeah. the Twisty Puzzle Cup, when we wanted, we wanted all of them to be head to head because Head to like as a live streaming format for cubing. I don't know. We just thought head to head made, just made like the most sense in like a bracket style format, right? Um, so when we were designing it, we were like, okay, we need to put them to get put these two people together head to head. But we realized that there might be like some sort of discrepancy, like if 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 cuber one is going first and cuber two is going second, then there might be some sort of inherent advantage of going first or second. Uh, you know where you like you you might need to like play catch up or you know Cuber two is always going to know what Cuber one got, which it could be an advantage right. or a disadvantage. Um, so then we were like, okay, that that doesn't seem super fair. So what can we do to make it more fair? And we were thinking, you know, in for example, when you at Nats, right, when they do, it's not exactly head to head, but they bring out two Cubers at the same time, right? And ideally, they like both try and solve at exactly the same time. That that would make that would make the most sense, right? Um, yeah. so we were thinking we can't, you can't really do that in like an online format because then, you know, things will get very messy. So what can we do best? Okay. Well, let's just alternate and doing this, we call it the snake solve because you know, it starts with keeper one does one, then two, then two, then one, then one, then two. So it kind of looked like a snake. Um, and I think after we did it, I think the, the first keeping at home did not include head to head tournaments, I think. Um, but then afterwards, I think they also included it and the monkey league also included it. So I don't know. It was it was good to see the snake solve format like kind of like spread around. I, but yeah, I, I think it makes it like way more exciting um, because yeah. I mean, it's, it's it really really like sh it really shifts the balance in terms of like you know like I'm going first versus you're going first. It's kind of like um, it's a little like like American football, right? Like in in overtime, if the other team scores, right? You you need to you need to score, like you could like you just have to, right? Otherwise, you're gonna lose the game. But what the what the good thing about in college what they do is that they actually alternate who goes first. That way, you know the other team like it's the same amount of pressure for both teams. So yeah, that, like that, that's why like I think it's like a really really good head-to-head uh, -head type method. And you know head-to-head -head with speed cubing is like sort of new considering like competitions aren't run head-to-head -head right now. Um, but yeah, you know we we came up with it. We thought it was cool. I think it's the reason why Monkey League is cool. Well, one of the reasons at least. Of course, you know Phil puts in a lot of. Uh, a lot of effort to making all the streams look cool. I, every everyone who participates is incredible. So, mm -hmm. um, right, yeah. well, I did have one more question off the top of my head for you guys. I think we went over this in a previous podcast, but we it would be a huge um, injustice if we talked about cubing growth and did not discuss JPerm. Oh yeah, at all. Well, that's like we, that's how like, we started the podcast. But I, that's what I'm gonna say. Like, yeah. it's, it's full circle. Yeah, it comes full yeah. circle, right? I mean, like, cause like when J Perm shows up in Michelle Curry's video, like that was like, oh dang, it's somewhere out there. Um, but I mean, when J Perm first started making videos, it was actually hilarious how it was edited. Do, do you guys remember like how Man. he would just go straight into step one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, okay, so the way I feel about it is, like, 
Well, I, I try to like analyze lots of YouTubers because it's interesting. Um, I think like the YouTube meta right now is no intros, no outros, spend as little time on fluff as possible. And I feel like JPRIM was doing that as early as 2016, which I think is like before like Mr. Beast and Ryan Trahan were even doing that. But I feel like another thing is that like if you want to grow on YouTube, you have to kind of, you know, put in the grind and consistency. And I think a lot of cubers like we're really interested in cubing, but not so much in that upload consistency. And I think JPerm is sort of like the first time it's really sort of like combined the two in just the right time, just the right place, you know, to sort of explode through the algorithm and not through just like speed cubing fame. Yeah. Because like he, he'll, he'll get like lots of subscribers just from like the recommended feed. Which is, you know, the key to success. Yeah. I think he, like, another thing that he did that was really cool is, like, I think he, like, also, like, mixed his content really well. I think, like, there was, like, there was a good amount of content that was, like, put towards, like, newer cubers. And there was also a cool amount of content that was put towards, like, newer cubers. Like, he would do things like cube reviews or, like, more advanced, like, techniques. And then some, in some videos he would talk about, like, you know, 10 tips to get better at cross or whatever, right? Um, things that yeah. basically anyone can pick up. So... And I think he's, he did a lot for the, uh, for the, shall we say, cube education side, speed cubing education. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I've learned a ton uh, from, uh, from his I, videos I think too. Yeah, like, I, I'm always surprised because some of the stuff he talks about is, like, really advanced and, like, niche. Like, he'll talk about, like, use this ring finger trick for your cross, which, like, only the top, like, 10 cubers might care, or, like, top 1,000 cubers might care about. But like all of his casual viewers will just like sit through and watch it anyway because it's JPerm. Yeah. So like now you have like two hundred thousand people who just know this very obscure finger trick. See, I, for the same reasons that you that you listed, I think I actually find that he is educational to every single person. So what makes JPerm like with all the things that you talked about and all the aspects how he blew up in the cubing algorithm. First off, I don't know how much JPerm actually blew up as his uh, incremental growth was just never stopped. Because he's been... This is very steady. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I never felt like... He oh, never fell off. He, oh, he has, he has 500k subscribers. You know, I never felt that, you know? Hmm. Um, but yeah. what I wanted to say is he is the first... I, I don't know if he's the first, but right now I can definitely say for sure he is the only cuber that can... As a cuber, uh, get in touch with every skill level. So he's just good enough to really, really um, be able to advise people who are trying to become the one percenters in the in the cubing community. Like the cubing community is are, are already one percenters, right? Mm -hmm. No one does it. But JPerm is just. I hear your cat. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like if I should mute her. Uh, mute. Editor, editor in the sky. When uh, you edit this podcast, please. Don't I'm edit not. Out the, the I'm not editing That's, out the cats. That is so the adorable. Mute button on her. I'm trying to find it. That is so. Oh shit. <laughs> Wait, no, that's, that's my other cat. Wait, Wait. Oh, no, 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 she's meowing. My other cat's down here. Oh, I see. Oh, man. So to, oh, the, wait, audio, to, to the audio listeners, the wait, cat- Wait, bending it. There, <laughs> there's a cat on the printer, and the cat that was meowing was at Carrie's foot. Actually, no, the, the, she's meowing. The cat on the floor is not saying anything. Oh but my God. it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't want to sidetrack the conversation. No, 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 no. I just, uh, look, anything for a cat. cat cats let's are let's always, just get that cats out. Cats are always That's just, 
out of the out of the way. This is character development, Carrie. <laughs> it's ca like character development. Oh, that would Oh no. I, Oh Come my on, God. Um, dude. The, if yeah. you know the jokes I do, that was bad. Come on, character development? I, I think it's not that Oh, uh, that was a okay. feline-tastic joke. No. Okay, uh, that was way worse than um, that was that, worse. Yeah, I, that was, okay, yeah. I, I didn't have any time to think of something. Fair. Okay, okay, so okay. guys, if you're, watching, of... yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. Which joke is worse? If you got this far, no, no, kudos to you. Mine was worse. I, I own up to that. Oh, you own but up back to that? Back on the topic of J-Perm, I oh, feel yeah. like, you know, if he were just like two seconds slower, which is sort of like what speed I'm at, then he wouldn't have the authority to sort of like speak on these advanced tips. Um, Cause like you have to be at a certain speed for people to like give you credence when you like say like you should be mm -hmm. doing this. Like if someone who averages 20 seconds says, let's all learn one look last layer, people would be like, screw off. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I think, but well, like, you know, he's also not the fastest, but he doesn't need to be. Well, J Perm was definitely, he fits the mold right now, but what I will say is, like, his predecessor probably, in terms of, like, who fits the mold of just being in the right skill level to, you know, connect with people who are fast, people who are trying to be fast, and absolute beginners is uh, JR Kiever. Uh, hmm. JR Kiever was kind of fit the mold a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, J Perm kind of perfected the crap it's okay i i love the fact that the cat is listening in on our on our cubing conversation that's they're, literally hilarious they're interested um, yeah they're interested they want to participate no, they, but what makes jperm what separates jperm and jr cuber is that they also make it specifically so that youtube recommends it like mm -hmm. it's good edited documented content like right. they do a really good job at it like right now if you watch content um you don't have really anyone else that's doing everything like jprem just has everything and he's just yeah. doing it right so. yeah I, I think that editing oh. like touch is like the kind of the last like the key that's needed in order to make speed cubing more mainstream or to grow as a speed cuber right because that way like because if you edit consistently like other people do then your videos are just a lot more watchable right because people know kind of like what to expect um as opposed to i remember the yeah. old videos the back to the bad mephisto days like those were like not edited particularly well. He was just rambly, like, you know, he would just hard cut some places. There were not like, you know, any sort of like fancy transitions or even like normal transitions, right? Uh, I guess it was a very different game back then, but like, I feel like that's kind of why those videos kind of fell off. And when, when we look back at those videos now, we're like, wow, that's like a really old video. You can just tell just because Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Well, I thought this conversation was interesting, guys. I didn't. I didn't really have too much else to say. This is a uh, good stuff. I think cubing is just growing. Um, it's right now. I don't. I wouldn't consider it like exponential growth, but I just love the fact that more people are getting interested in what cubing is all about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it just kind of. Yeah. It just kind of mimics like when you're cubing out in public, how people react to it, and I. I love that it's catching on a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. cubing has always like been like you know people have always seen cubing as like oh it's a thing right but nowadays it really feels like more people are like trying to get involved instead of just like standing from the side and saying like that's cool it's more like that's cool i want to do this now too yeah if you're a filmmaker if for whatever reason you're one of the few people who listen to our podcast you're a filmmaker i'm holding you accountable to in the future making a documentary about the organization and the stories of those organizers i 
we want we want a documentary about Kit Clement. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Kit Clement plug. We yes, free Kit Clement plug. Um, just I just you know, if you're a filmmaker, gotta do it, gotta do it. Um, anyways, I think we should wrap, guys. Yeah, it's about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, a good cool. stopping point. Another day in the office. Uh, I gotta get my smoothie going. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I think the yeah, smoothie, good idea. It's yeah, it's time to go. Um, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Thanks for watching all. Like, comment, subscribe. You know the deal. Hey, we're trying to grow the channel. Dislike. Like, comment, don't subscribe. Don't comment, unsubscribe. No, please don't unsubscribe. Please, we need this it. Is, it's called reverse psychology. YouTube algorithm. Or Spotify algorithm? Google algorithm? I don't know if Spotify has an algorithm. I'm sure Spotify has an algorithm. I'm sure they have an algorithm. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I just, yeah. yeah. Well, goodbye, everyone. Peace out. All right. Peace out, home slices. Not again. Not the home slices again. <laughs>